All right, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, and I want to read this in the New Living, but then I'm going to read it, and actually in the King James Version, and we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of dissect it a little bit, coming out of the King James, and look at both of them. Matthew, I'm sorry, Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says this, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And in the King James Version, it says this in in, in verse 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and do good works. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that, Lord, your word is awesome, living and true. It's powerful and sharper than than any two-edged sword, Lord. And we just ask that as your word goes forth tonight, that it would accomplish exactly what you've set it forth to do. I pray it produce fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. Open up our hearts, minds, ears, and spirits to receive. And again, Lord, to apply. Just as that scripture I just said, you said, now that we know these things, you'll bless us for doing it. It's not just the knowing, it's the applying. So, Father, we ask you... Help us to apply it. Holy Spirit, teach us and give us the grace to apply it tonight, tomorrow, and the days ahead. Lord, help me as I preach your word tonight to clearly unfold the word of truth, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you ever get so busy and maybe even self-consumed that you forget that there are people around you that have needs and that may be struggling? I think we all do sometimes, right? I think sometimes in life we, we may have blinders on us and we may see the needs and stuff, but to actually go further than that, we're sometimes concerned about ourselves that we forget or bypass people who are struggling and don't realize that they may need just a special word, an act, maybe of kindness, of love, a hug, maybe even a smile or a word to encourage them. You know, as you walk through your day, you know, sometimes just smiling at somebody can make someone's day. Did you know that? Just just smiling at somebody. You know, I, I was at the hospital today. I went to visit somebody, and there was the ladies at the front desk, the information center. And I just, just going up to them, they had a king cake sitting there. I was like, oh, I see y'all have some king cake. Huh? Yeah, and I was telling them how we had some in the office. Actually, Nathan blessed us and brought some king cake to one of our meetings. You know, uh, we, we broke the fast right, you know, the Tuesday after in our meetings. And so we just started talking about that. She's like, yeah, but, you know, meshes is better. And we just kind of started talking and telling them how, what, you know, the flavor of mine was. It was two different flavors, and I got home and told my wife, I was like, yeah, it was like chocolate and strawberry cream cheese. And she's like, so which one did you have? And I just gave her that look. She's like, you had both of them, didn't you? I said, yes, I did. I tried both. So I was telling the ladies that, and they were laughing too. And so we were just kind of laughing. She's like, oh, you should get your wife a king cake for Valentine's Day. And all, you know, so anyway, so I got the information, and I walked off. And, and as I was walking off, you know, it just, it just feels good to just total strangers, just to talk to them, laugh with them, smile, right? You know, that's the kind of, just something like that can make somebody's day. And not even that. I'm telling you, just walking by somebody and just a plain smile sometimes can help a hurting person can help a struggling person. You know, and, and when that doesn't happen, it's especially sad when it happens in church because we're supposed to be a spiritual family who cares about one another and helps with each other's needs, right? That's why in Hebrews 10, 24, again in the King James, it says, so let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. That word consider in the Greek means to thoroughly think something through carefully looking at a particular issue or fully studying a subject. It's amazing how much 
You know, one English word actually means when you break it down in the Greek. It means thoroughly thinking through something, carefully looking at a particular issue or situation, and fully studying the subject. I like how the Amplified Version says in verse 24, well, it says, And let us consider and give attention, continuous care to watching over one another, studying how we may stir up to love and helpful deeds. You know, just this Sunday, Pastor Todd kicked off a new series on relationships called Love and War. And he started out the series by talking about marriage. And throughout this series, we're going to be talking about uh, like uh, relationships that have to do with parenting and friendships and, and things like that. So tonight, I want to kind of stay in that vein in relationships. And so I want you to consider this. Just as the scripture says, I want you to consider this. It is our job as believers to watch over brothers and sisters and think about ways to encourage them and stir them up in their faith. Amen? That's what, that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. The word consider is picture someone who is concerned about someone else that he takes the time to observe that person's ups and downs, highs and lows. They study what encourages that person and what seems to pull them down. Isn't that, that, that word consider, you see, that word, you notice it, it in a few different definitions, it, the word study keeps coming up. See, we, a lot of times it's like, hey, man, will you do this for me? Well, I'll consider it. And that usually means, well, I'll, just, I'll think about it a little bit. I'll consider it, see if I have time and move on, right? But not this word. This word means to study, to, to, to carefully, thoughtfully, and I would add prayerfully, Consider what the people around you are going through. Maybe some people that are sitting right around you tonight in this church. Maybe it's people in your own family. Maybe it's your coworkers. And look, we all know how it is. You can get to the office. You can get to work. And it's busy. And everybody's just trying to accomplish, you know, their uh, uh, their, their their task for the day. Uh, but, you know, I heard, I think it was John Maxwell said, you know, talking to pastors about church. Like, he, he made this statement. It's powerful. And I think we can all apply it. He says, walk slowly through the crowd. You know, sometimes we need to, not only pastors and leaders, but we, you as well can walk slowly through the crowd when you get to church, when you get to your job. You know, don't, 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 you know, walk slowly through, maybe get there a little bit early and just be prayerful and mindful. Man, who can I stir up today? Who can I encourage? Now, he's specifically talking about believers in this context, about, you know, other brothers and sisters in Christ. But I believe we can stir up people if they're not in the faith to get closer to being in the faith or to come to faith. Amen. This kind of info doesn't come by accident. The, the, again, the, the study and the, but it, it's a determined pursuit that I'm going to help people around us. We must remember that although church is a place that we come to worship and to hear the word of God preach, it's also a place where believers consider one another. Again, the writer of Hebrews is given a picture of a loving community where people are concerned about each other and are constantly observing each other to know how to encourage and provoke each other to love and good works. Not only does it say to consider one another, but to provoke one another. So you consider, and then there's action. Again, not, not, not only knowing, okay, I've, 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 I've uh, analyzed the situation. I, I look at what my brother's going through. I see he's going through something, you know, and I want to now, I want to provoke him. I want to encourage him. I want to stir him up. And we're going to talk about that more in a minute. So it's, it's, it's taking the time to observe, consider, study, all that, but then to move into action after that. You know, the word provoke, I know the word provoke sounds like something that someone maybe does to you to the point that you want to maybe lay hands on them without praying, right? And a lot of times, like, that brother provoked me to do, you know, and that's how we usually hear that word. But provoke, as we see how the King James uses it, is, you know, 
in a way that we're provoking in a positive way. The word provoke in the Greek actually means to come alongside or being close. And it also means to sharpen something like a knife, which obviously reminds us of the scripture in Proverbs 27, 17 that says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. You see that? The writer of Hebrews was referring back when he said provoke. He was, he was the same verbiage that's used as iron sharpens. Come alongside, be close to somebody and to sharpen them. So it's many layers. We're going to talk about a fluid, fluid, few of those layers tonight. Let's look at a couple other translations and how in Hebrews 10.24 says, NLT says motivate. NIV says to spur on. New King James says to stir up. This is telling us that our relationships with other believers should incite us to become better, stronger, and bolder in the Lord. Amen? So first of all, let me ask you, is that the kind of relationships you have? Like I said, we're in this relationship series. Are, are those the kind of relationships you're in? In your marriage, coworkers, and maybe not coworkers, but people you're in, in, in church? In life group, if you're not in a life group, see, that's why we encourage you to get into a life group. Because, you know, you can come to church on Wednesdays and Sundays and you hear the word of God preach, powerful message, anointed worship, and that's great. But, but do you have friends in your life that are helping you to become better, stronger, and bolder in the Lord? Do you have friends that are sharpening you? See, and in a smaller setting, in a life group setting, in a community, those kind of things can take place. Because, you know, it's true, you know, Pastor Todd or one of us could maybe get in your face from the pulpit, but when you're sitting across the table or in a seat from somebody, literally and figuratively, people can get up in your face a little more, right? How many people in a life group could testify to that or have those kind of friendships that's like, hey, let me just shoot straight with you. It's like, okay, you know, give it. I, that's how I'm wired. I'm like, you know, I, I had, a, I had a, a friend of mine that, you know, at the time he was, you know, uh, one of the mentors in my life. And, and he was trying to be, you know, uh, he was actually one of the youth pastors that I served under. And he was trying to be delicate and trying to tell me something, trying to correct me. I was like, look, brother, just, just shoot straight with me. Give me the black and white, right? What, what do I need to hear? What do I need to know that's going to challenge me, that's going to encourage me, that is going to sharpen me? We all need those people. That's, that's the provoking that the Bible's talking about. That's the motivation, right? So you, we all need those kind of relationships in our lives. I want to show you, if you're in First Chronicles now 17, a relationship uh, in the Bible where you saw this, where you saw this provoking or, or motivation um, uh, from someone, from, from two Two men of God. And it's in First Chronicles 17. Uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. It says, when David was settled in his palace, he summoned Nathan the prophet. Look, David said, I'm living in a beautiful cedar palace, but the ark of the Lord's covenant is out under a tent. Nathan replied to David, so whatever you have in mind, I'm sorry, do whatever you have in mind, for God is with you. But that same night, God said to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord has declared. You are not the one to build the house for me to live in. You see, in this scripture, it sounds like David's a little discouraged or maybe frustrated because he's living in this beautiful palace and he's like, man, but the ark, the presence of God is living in a tent and I got this marvelous palace. So he's a little discouraged. He's maybe a little frustrated, maybe a little antsy and he wants to do something. So Nathan tries to encourage him, even though it wasn't the right thing to do, he had a friend that was trying to provoke him, right? He was trying to provoke him. He was trying to motivate. Well, man, do whatever's in your heart to do. Get going. Start building it. And even though it wasn't the right thing, we'll see here, if you drop down to verse 7, what the Lord's reply was to the prophet Nathan. He says, now go and say to, verse 7, now go and say to my servant David, this is what the Lord of heaven's army has declared. 
I took you from tending the sheep in the pasture and selected you to be the leader of my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone and I have destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. Now I will make your name as famous as anyone who has ever lived on the earth. And I will provide a homeland for my people Israel, planting them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. Evil nations won't oppress them as they've done in the past, starting from the time I had appointed judges to rule my people Israel. And I will defeat all your enemies. Furthermore, I declare that the Lord will build a house for you. A dynasty of kings. For when you die and join your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, one of your sons, and he will make his kingdom strong. And I will make his kingdom strong. Listen to this. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for me, and I will secure his throne forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. I will never take my favor from him as I took it from the one who ruled before you. I will confirm him as king over my house and my kingdom for all time, and his throne will be secure forever. So listen to this. So Nathan went back to David and told him everything the Lord had said in this vision. So you see, his friend, the prophet Nathan, provoked him and it stirred him up like, man, do everything what's in your heart. Go build it. And he was trying to encourage him. And even though it was wrong, when he went back, the Lord spoke to him and said, hey, listen, go tell David, no, he's not the one to build it. But tell him all these promises. I'm going to bless him. I'm going to be with him. I'm going to raise up his son. And his son's going to be the one that's going to build the temple. Now, like this really provoked, motivated, and stirred up David. Because in the rest of the chapter, David receives it. He confesses it. And he thanks the Lord for the promises. And then if you look in, in, in chapter 18, verse 1, it says this. After this, after this, David defeated and subdued the Philistines by conquering Gath and its surrounding towns. Notice the phrase, after this. After what? After he got this word from the Lord. After he got this word from his friend, David started defeating all of his enemies. And then not only did he do that, as you continue reading, he he redirects his his desires and his focus to serve the Lord. He was going to go from building the temple, but now that he got the word that his son would be doing it, the Bible tells us as you continue to read, he started preparing the materials and getting everything together for his son. Amen? See, his friend encouraged him, provoked him. He was discouraged. He had something he wanted to do. And he had a friend that came alongside of him and said, hey, listen, do what you got to do. Wasn't quite right. Went to the Lord, heard from the Lord, came back to his friend and said, okay, this is what you need to do. Amen. That's the kind of people we need to be. And that's the kind of people we need to have in our lives. Amen. We must do the same to others. It may be someone who's younger in the Lord, or maybe it's just not doing good. Maybe you have somebody that's a, a younger Christian that, that don't know the Lord or, or you know, is, is young in their faith that need a, needs some mentoring or somebody that's just struggling in their faith, struggling in a life situation. You know, I begin to think uh, about, about my girls, you know, Sunday night, uh, uh, we were um, we were getting ready to watch the Super Bowl. We was at some friend's house, and, and uh, my girls... Uh, Started riding their, they, they've been having their bikes with training wheels and they hadn't learned how to ride bikes yet. They've been asking that we need to check out my training wheels where it was at, at the friend's house and we, you know, we had the Samuels and they were, uh, the, the Samuels had a bike and they said, Hey, well, look, let them ride this. And I mean, I was very, I was blessed right away. Bella was the first one. She got on the bike and I, you know, like you teach a kid to ride a bike. I got her, you know, the seat and started. As soon as I let her go, man, she took off and she was riding. I was like, Bella, that's awesome. You go, girl. Like, see you after, you know, halftime or whatever. Not really. You know, as she, as she went down, as she went down the road, she was, she balanced perfect. But then, you know, 
the, the, you know, the rubber meets the road when you got to turn that thing, right? So as she turns is where she started falling. And then Ava and Leah got on and they did the same thing. And, and they were doing good till they turned. But then when they turned and kind of fall off, I'd go back and I'd get them. And I would, you know, get my hand under the seat and put my hand on the steer, on the, the handlebars and, and, and get them going. But then I started thinking, you know, this is how you get on. You balance and you're doing great. You got to learn how to turn. But this is what you need to do. Put your foot on the pedal and kind of push off like you do on your scooters because they got those little scooters too. And then put your foot and started teaching them how to, you know, actually pedal. And they started getting it, you know. And so I began to think about that today as I was preparing. It's the same way. That's part of provoking and encouraging and motivating. You help somebody in what they do and then eventually you encourage them to do it themselves. You encourage them to go to the next level. Hey, you might fall. You might scrape your knee. You might get some bumps. Matter of fact, um, one of the that was Sunday evening. I think it was Monday or maybe Tuesday. Um, right after school, I was still at work, and and uh, when they got home, Cassie took off their training wheels, and man, they was practicing again and riding up and down our driveway and in the back and stuff. And and Bella was so cute. She said, "Dad, I got 18 injuries today." It was like 14 or 18. I think she said 18, and she started showing me every little bump and scrape that she had from falling off her bike, you know, but she was like so proud of it. And if y'all know Bella, she's the smallest little dainty one. And she was like, showing me all, it's like, I got one here, here, you know, it's so cute. Some are obvious and some you can't even see them, you know, like God, that's right. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. But you know, Hey, she stirred up. She's motivated to ride her bike, right? Even though she knows it's hard. One of the girls, she wasn't as motivated. She got a little discouraged as she would fall and turn because going straight, they're doing fine. It's, you know, again, it's the turning and pedaling and, and whatnot. And one of them was like, this is too hard. Cassie was telling me, and, you know, but we're going to continue to encourage them, stir them, motivate, provoke them. Like, no, you can do it. Get back on the bike and keep going. Amen. We need to do the same thing with our brothers and sisters in the faith. You know, whatever it is they're going through, they may be falling off of the bike, so to speak. They maybe have fell off and they're in the ditch. They might have more than bumps and bruises on their bodies. They might have some cuts and some slashes and some amputations, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? In a serious way, they might be struggling. We need to be the ones that come alongside and say, hey, come on. Get out of that ditch. Get back up. I'm going to help you get back on the bike. I'm going to actually walk on, alongside of you and help you go down the path. Amen? Amen? All believers need to be motivated at times. No matter what their position is in the body of Christ, everyone needs a loving push now and then. Amen? You might think, oh, that brother been saved for however many years. Man, you know what? I think at every point, somebody at some time needs to be encouraged. Amen? You know, at some point, I've seen some of the, the giants in the faith here that have lost loved ones and stuff, and man, it rattled their cages, you know? And, and, and I felt so inadequate just going to our house and getting around them and just hugging them and saying, man, we love you, we're praying for you. That's all I can say. And, you know, weeks and months later, they, man, thank y'all so much for coming. Thank y'all for being there. Thank y'all. You know what? It's just coming alongside of them and helping them in a time of need. Amen? So how do we do this? I'm going to just give you two things tonight, two application points to take away before we leave. And they're, they're both from this verse. And it says, well, number one is, again, I just said it, come alongside them and help them. Come alongside and help them. Hebrews 10.24, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Remember, the word motivate or provoke in the Greek means alongside or being close. Now, listen, you have maybe seen this before or you've seen a version of this, but I got a little video that I thought about this and I was thinking about another one, but I found a little video today uh, that just drives home this point that I want to show you here. uh, And then I'll come back up. This hill 
taking a toll on a couple runners trying to finish those final 20 yards. Wow. Yeah, you can see what, what a tremendous show of sportsmanship as you've got an athlete who can't quite make it and they've got a team, a, a girl from another team trying to help her to the finish line so she can finish the race. That's what, now that's another what the sport one is all well. about. Oh my goodness. This is just incredible. The sportsmanship phenomenal as you see those final yards there. As you see Clemson and Louisville helping the Boston College runner, that's Tate and Pease. The Boston College runner can't even lift her legs right now. She'll try to cross the finish line. What a shot right here at Lakeman Soccer Park in Cary. But you sacrifice your own position wow. to help another athlete finish what they started. And that, that's a true sportsmanship. Man, isn't that awesome? And I, there was another video. They interviewed the girl that couldn't finish the race. And when you heard him say, and, and as I'm just listening to it again, if you apply that spiritually, he said, you know, you sacrifice your own position to help somebody else. Amen. That, that's, that's what he's talking about by studying and getting around. Like we sacrifice our position, what we want to do, what we, our comfort, maybe our time, maybe our finances, you know what I mean, to help somebody else. And matter of fact, whenever they interviewed the, the girl, again, from Boston College, the one that was really, they said, uh, and the video didn't go all the way, but, you know, they got her across the finish line, man, and she just, like, collapsed. And you can see the girl that was hurting, you know, uh, teammates come and hug those other two girls, and she said, you know, it was just, these are two amazing girls. And what she said, she said, they were so selfless. She said, so, so selfless. And it, sh it, it, it showed you their character. I was like, wow, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't know if these girls are Christians or not, but this girl was impacted heavily by, you know, what these girls did for her. What did they do? They literally came alongside of her. They got close to her. They wrapped their arms around her and they drug her across the finish line. Amen. And that's the way, that's a great picture of how we need to come alongside when our brothers and sisters are down, when they're hurting, when they're trying to, they, look, we all run in this race together, right? The Bible says that we got to run the race of faith. It's, you know, and, and it's a, like that was a cross-country race. You know, this, this, this is not a sprint, y'all. This is a long distance, right? This is a marathon. And we're all in this race together headed for the same finish line, Right? And we need to do that. We need to, you know, hey, when we're soaring, we, because we all have, there's ebb and flows in everything in life, right? There's seasons and times where we're soaring and we're doing great in the faith and we're, man, we just feel like we can conquer giants and man, it's just awesome. And then there's other times where, you know, you just feel down. And in those high times, you need to come alongside and pick somebody up. And then, you know what, in the times when you're low, Hopefully somebody will come alongside you and help, you know, help pick you up and encourage you and drag you across that finish line, so to speak. Amen? And so this is what Paul is saying. This is just a good visual of, of what, 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 what the writer of Hebrews is saying, what the Lord is saying. We need to encourage, provoke, and motivate one another. Amen? Come alongside them, love on them, and help them when you see your brother and sister down. Amen? And then the second thing, it says to encourage them. Encourage them in the Lord. Encourage them in the Lord. Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. And by the way, if somebody ever tells you, like, Oh, brother, you ain't need to be, the, you don't have to go to church. It's like, well, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven. It's like, no, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven. But the Bible makes it clear. It says, let us not neglect meeting together, as some people do. 
So the Bible makes a clear command in some shape or form. Listen, I, and I know there's all kinds of different types of church. There's home church. There's small church. There's bigger church. There's life groups. There's, I, I just encourage people, what in, you need to get connected in a family. Obviously, y'all are here tonight. You know, so if, if anybody ever tries to say that, hey, you know, don't, don't like have this as ammunition, like, ha I got one on you kind of thing. But encourage them. Take them to Hebrews 10.25 and says, you know what? Actually, the Bible commands us to, to meet, to get together and meet. And it, it's for this very purpose. It's not just for church attendance. It's for the purpose of provoking, motivating, encouraging, and stirring one another up. That's why he says that. So don't neglect coming to church, getting plugged, getting in, in connected in a life group. He says, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is near. Now listen, you know, encouragement is, you know, could be, hey, look, you encouraging somebody when they're going through a tough time, right? Kind of like Pastor Joe a couple weeks ago. You're encouraging, hey man, keep hope alive. Put one foot in front of the other. You know, you might need encouragement. They may be down. They may be discouraged. They may be depressed. Hey, encourage them. Pat them on the back. Hey man, come on. I want to encourage you. You're doing great. Man, you're a blessing. You know, you, you got it in you. All those kind of things, you know. That, that's, you know, part of encouragement. But encouragement, it's not only like attaboys. Sometimes we need to encourage people to get out of sin. That's encouragement too. We got to encourage you like, hey, you, you, need to, you know, you got some issues in your life, some sin, maybe you, you like some impurity. I, I, you know what? Listen, I want to encourage you to stop doing it. I, I remembered years ago, y'all literally, I just gotten saved maybe within the first year I got saved and I was praying. I, I had just came back from actually a Bethany conference. It was a Bethany youth conference. I just came back from there. We had been there a few days that week and the next morning I was praying and I felt like the Lord told me to go to a certain scriptures in the book of Revelation. And I went to that scripture. And that, even since then, that's, that's, I don't, that doesn't happen often for me where people are praying. And like, and a lot, I know some people are like, hey, the Lord told me to go here. But he told me to go specifically to this chapter. And I started reading through that chapter as I was praying. And as I read something, it reminded me of a lady, an older lady in the church. And something that she had told me that she was going through. Or I knew she was going through. And this was way crazy. And I called my mom and just like, hey, I feel like I got this word for this lady. And, you know, and it was one of my mom's friends. I don't know what to, you know, what do you think I should do? And, you know, my mom was like, you need to call her and tell her. I'm like, man, this lady's been saved longer than me. She's old enough to be my mom. You know, she might be like, boy, you, you know, you better go, go somewhere else with that. Go tell one of your youth that or something. You know, I didn't know what to do with it, but I felt like it was a word from the Lord. I was praying. He gave me that scripture I went to, and I thought about her. Well, I did. I ended up calling her, and I gave her the word. And it was an encouragement where, like, hey, you know, it was an encouragement to, you know, stop doing some things she was doing. It was basically an encouragement to, to stop sinning. And, you know, she broke and started crying and just thanked me. It was like, you're right. I've been thinking this. This is confirmation and yada, yada, yada. And I was just, man, I was blown away, you know. But I, that's, I mean, I'm thankful I was obedient to the Lord. But sometimes encouragement is you encouraging people to get out of the, the, the pig's pen, to get out of the, the ungodly, uh, you know, situation, relationship, lifestyle that they're in. That's a form of encouragement and provoking and encouraging and motivating people to do that. Amen. So it might be encouraging them, pat on the back, you can do this. It may be encouraging them to turn from sin. And again, listen, it may be encouraging people by inviting them to come to church, come to services. Again, I've been encouraging you to get connected in a life group. Listen, if you are in a life group and you know the, the, the blessing, and the, like, listen, encourage, pro, motivate, provoke, poke, and prod people 
to get that. I just made, you know, that's not in the Bible, poke and prod. I'm sure, you know, but, uh, you know, we don't want to have like, a, well, we are sheep. So I guess you do kind of poke and prod sheep and right in herds. Maybe not. But anyway, encourage them. Hey, get connected in a life group. You know, encourage them, motivate them. Listen, if you're not in a life group, man, you need to get in community. Amen. Like they might be coming, but listen, you need to go deeper. Encourage, you might, that may be the encouragement, the motivation, the provoking that they need. Or maybe to attend an event like this event this weekend, the marriage conference. How many married couples you know could use this marriage conference this weekend, right? And it don't matter what level, like, oh, we're good, all we're, you know, like, I mean, it's good if their marriage is strong, that's great. But I think we all know people that their marriages are struggling, right? I mean, if the divorce rate's 50%, I think there's a lot of marriages that are on shaky ground right now. And sometimes you don't know it, especially, again, if, if you don't, if you're not in people's life, if you're not in that kind of community or, or if you're not in a close relationship, sometimes, because we all put on our best clothes and our best faces when we come to church. Let's just be honest, right? How you doing, brother? I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm doing great, you know, but, you know, they were just cursing at each other on, on, in the car on the way here, right? Right? I mean, that's, I'm, that, let's just be real, right? We put on our best faces when we, when we come. I mean, it's true. And so, but when you, you know, encourage people when you get in that kind of relationship you find out man maybe their marriage is not doing so good and you can encourage them like man you know what and maybe you know people i want to encourage you if you have not i'm gonna encourage you and provoke you to encourage and provoke somebody else some couples to come to this marriage conference this weekend friday night and saturday look i know i've already talked to people i know toby mac concerts friday night and you know look you have one person like i'm going that's like i got i get it hey if you go to toby mac friday it's just friday night you can come saturday Amen? Okay, I had one person amen me. Some other, you can, you know, I don't think Toby's going to be hanging around at the park Saturday morning. He's going to be on his tour bus going to his next date. You can come Saturday morning. I'm trying to provoke you here. Trying to encourage you. Trying to stir you up. You know, whether you married, single, dating, whatever, and encourage someone else. Man, listen, invest. You know, like, like she said, they sacrifice their position. Maybe you can sacrifice a few dollars and buy their ticket with them. Knock down every, you know, every wall that they have and say, hey, you know, oh, we can't afford it. I didn't get my ticket. It's too late. Hey, I'm going to buy you a ticket. And it's not too late. You can buy tickets at the door. So first of all, for anybody, you can buy tickets at the door. So encourage them to come to the marriage conference. Encourage them to get connected to a life group. Maybe someone's never even been to church and the service encourage them to come. And we do different things like the marriage conference. Then we're going to have a ladies conference coming up. Then in September, we got the men's wild game cookout. And we do all of these events to try to, people that wouldn't normally come to church, it's an avenue and a way to encourage them to get connected. Amen? So in closing, you know, <laughs> some of us are pretty good at pr provoking people in a negative way. You're laughing because you know it's true. So let's commit ourselves tonight to provoke other brothers and sisters in the Lord in a positive way. Amen? We can provoke others in a positive way. So I want you to do something right now. Why don't you just close your eyes? You can stay seated, but just close your eyes and begin to ask the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and just, just uh, this, is, this is just some time for you and the Lord. And I want to challenge you to ask the Lord, who's one person or maybe one couple who you need to be a source of encouragement to. Just take a, a couple of seconds right now and ask the Lord, who do I need to be, who do I need to motivate? Who do I need to provoke? Who do I need to encourage? Or maybe a couple. Maybe you're a married couple in here. Maybe you, you know, do that. It, you, you'd be amazed. Ask the Lord, who is it a couple or a person 
that I can encourage, that I can motivate. Think about somebody, maybe somebody that's hurting, maybe somebody that's struggling. Maybe somebody that's young in their faith and they're doing good, but they need a mentor to come around them and, you know, wrap their arm around them and love on them and encourage them. It's time for us to help someone else just as somebody's helped us. Amen? Think of something and ask the Lord something you can do tonight, tomorrow, in the next couple of days to encourage at least one person or a couple. Encourage them and let them know that you care. Invite them to the marriage conference. Encourage them to come into a life group. Encourage them to go to the growth track or any services that we have out here. Amen? Has the Lord given you somebody? Has the Lord gave you somebody yet? Yeah? Okay, good. If he hasn't, just continue to pray and ask the Lord. I'll share a kusa. As I was just sitting there, I thought about this. We got challenged to do that one night. We were in a leadership meeting with Pastor Todd and Pastor Todd was talking about, uh, you know, discipleship and, and pouring into people. And he said, hey, he said, kind of did the same thing. He said, ask the Lord to show you a person or if you're a couple, a couple to, to mentor. And so me and Cassie were sitting there. We bowed our heads and we, we held hands. And, and I just began to ask the Lord to show us a couple. And the Lord showed me a couple. And then, you know, we prayed. We finished up the meeting later. We got into the, the van. And, and I said, hey, did the Lord show you a couple? Yeah. Showed you one? Yeah. Who is it? And we both said it. And it was the same couple. Isn't that cool? And so, we, you know, you, you, you know that was the Lord, right? And so it was just cool. And the Lord just, you know, we've, we've made a connection with this couple and just, you know, encouraging them and just walking with them. And, and, and it, it's a blessing. You know, there's many people all around us that, that we, we have the opportunity. This is a big church, y'all. There's a lot of people here, right? And there's people in your family. There's people, could be somebody from another church, a brother in the Lord, whoever. And it could be somebody that doesn't know the Lord yet that you can provoke them and encourage them to get closer. Amen. So as we close, actually, you can stand up with me and I'm going to read verse 25 one more time. You know, like most preachers, we close like three times. (laughs) Hebrews 10, 25, again, says this, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. I want to focus on this last part of the verse right here, especially now that the day of his return, his is Jesus, he's talking of Jesus, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So as we close up tonight, I want to provoke you one more time. I want to encourage you. If Jesus returned tonight and this whole thing got wrapped up and the end of the world was tonight or first thing tomorrow morning, are you ready? Are you ready? He, he said to, to, to stir each other up, encourage each other, especially since The time of him coming back is drawing near. So one more time, if you would just bow with me, every head bowed, every eye closed. And and again, he's going to come back. Jesus is coming back. And that's a fact, right? And so when he comes back, he's going to take home those that are his, that he loves, his children. He loves all of us, but those that love him and have surrendered to him. And that's going to happen. The Bible says that sky is going to crack open and he's going to, and in an instant, in the blink of an eye, we're going to be caught up with the Lord in the air. And that, that's known as the rapture, that we're going to go up with the Lord. And, and that, that can happen any minute. This literally can happen before we close out this service. It can happen tonight while we're sleeping. It can happen tomorrow morning. I want to ask you, are you ready? Are you ready? Have you surrendered your life to Christ? Have you asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins? Maybe, like I said, that, that lady that I called, maybe there's been sin in your life and you've never asked the Lord to forgive you. Maybe you didn't even know that, that you could be forgiven. 
But you know what? Jesus died on the cross for you. He loves you so much, the Bible says, that he, he died on the cross, took your place, took my place, took our penalty. So he said, Brandon, if, if Jesus would come back tonight, the Bible says, we, man, it, 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 you know, when we die, it's either heaven or hell. It's one or the other. If you say, Brandon, I'm not sure I'm ready. I'm not sure I'm ready. If this sky cracks open, this, this building gets pulled back and, and everybody be, begins to start taking that belongs to the Lord. Do you belong to the Lord? Are you 100% sure if he returns tonight or if tomorrow is your last day on this earth, you would be ready to meet your maker? If you said, Brandon, I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm right with the Lord. I just want you to slip up your hand and I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Say, Brandon, I need to get right with Jesus tonight. I need to get right with the Lord. I want to make sure that, that, that I'm saved, that I'm going to spend eternity. Do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Will it be with the Lord in heaven or will it be separated from God? If there's anybody, just slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. Take a few minutes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Amen. Well, I never want, to, never want to close out a service without giving somebody an opportunity to give their life to Christ. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Well, listen, let me pray over you. And just ask that we all get stirred up. Come on. If, if the Lord showed you somebody, showed you a couple, if you're a married couple, showed you an individual, I want to pray over you right now. And I want you to pray and ask the Lord to give you wisdom and to show you what kind of acts of kindness, of love that you can stir up and you can stir them up in. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is living, true, awesome, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would, that you would help us. Lord God, to always consider, to be mindful, Lord God, of our brothers and sisters around us and how we can stir them, provoke them, motivate them, Lord God, to love and good deeds, that we would encourage them, Lord God, whether it be encouraging them in a rough time, a hard time to move on, to go on, or maybe encouraging them to get out of sin, maybe encouraging them to get more connected to the church. Lord, stir us up that we may stir up others, just as you sent people to do that in our lives. Lord, help us to not just think about ourselves but to consider, to mindfully observe, and to study, Lord God, those around us that you've placed on our hearts, those that you've showed us tonight, Lord, I pray that we would move into action by your Spirit. Give us wisdom, the anointing, the grace, and the creativity, Lord God, to, to make that happen. That Lord, we know your word says we are co-laborers with Christ. So, Lord, we know we don't do it on our own, but that you will help us every step of the way. And I pray over everyone here tonight that you would bless them and keep them, watch over them, keep them safe as they go tonight in Jesus name we pray amen and amen well amen well the Lord bless y'all